Welcome to Blow and Smoke Barbecue with Kendall Bryant, 2018 Small Business Award winner and 2019 Businessman of the Year. Every time I smell smoke, I'm What's up and welcome to Blow and Smoke Barbecue. I'm your host, Barbecue Pitmaster and Butcher Shop owner, Kendall Bryant. I'm going to share barbecue tips and secrets along the way with what cuts of meat work best for what you're making. I like his ribs, I like his brisket, I like his pulled pork, I like everything he makes. It's phenomenal. This podcast is going to future world champion pitmasters, world-class wrestlers, some executive chefs and others in the food industry to bring you the best barbecue and business tips that can help you in your future barbecue. Blow and Smoke Barbecue. Blow and Smoke Barbecue. Blow and Smoke Barbecue with my daddy, Kendall Bryant. This podcast is brought to you by Snowflake Smokehouse. I only smoke the good stuff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blowing Smoke Barbecue with Kendall Bryant. I'm your host and this is episode six. We have Big Jim Stancil from Georgia on with us today. Big Jim, how you doing this morning? Good. The big city of Oxford, Georgia, which is approximately 45, 50 minutes east of Atlanta towards Augusta. Everybody knows where Augusta or knows about Augusta, Georgia. So yeah, that's the geographical location. There you go. There you go. And your company is? Bare Knuckles Barbecue. Nice, man. Yeah, I see that hat, dude. That logo is pretty sick. I like it. I copied you, man. I put it off to one side. <laughs> Everybody said that's what the cool kids are doing, so we, we changed it up. Nobody liked a big logo in the middle, so we... Not unless they're branded. Not unless they're those leather patches, I think, dude. But that's just even, my opinion. Even now, I think it looks better just off the one side or the other, I think. I, I uh... I'm really big in, in my hats, man. I, I like the different colors and I wear them everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I mean, if I'm working or cooking or, and now I don't um, cut my hair as often as I used to. Normally I cut it on a schedule based off my events. <laughs> and um, when you got to look sharp. Yeah. You got to look sharp or you're going to shoot videos. Like yesterday I shot a live at Royal Oak. So I shaved. I had a damn Grizzly Adams beard about three times longer than yours. And <laughs> my wife said, well, at least you shave that off. I said, well, I ain't going to get a haircut. I ain't, I ain't going through all that crap. It's, yeah, so, don't go through any extra trouble. There's no yeah, reason for it. So um, so we cooked with a guy named John Jackson who runs a place called Comfort Farms. Um, he's, a, he's an Army Ranger Special Forces vet um, who had a traumatic brain injury kind of deal and um he's uh he now runs a place that uh serves other veterans who have ptsd and those kind of issues so uh it gives him a it gives them a, an outlet serves for comfort but he calls it discomfort you know you you grow through things that aren't comfortable you know he his his message is hey we try to you know, you, you know, the only way to get better at doing something is something that you're not good at is to continue to do it. Right. And get comfortable being uncomfortable. Bit. Right. And so he said it, it's the, the name came from his friend. Um, and, but he says in order to accept, and I, and I believe this wholeheartedly too, if I'm really not good at something and I really want to be better at something is I'll just beat myself up until I get better at it or I'll just quit. 
You know, if I can't figure out a better way to do it or I just can't get it right, I'll move on um, or I'll circle back. Not no pun intended at the at current administration to circle one back. But yeah, you'll you'll maybe slow down and take another approach. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I did yesterday. So so yeah, clean shaven, but no haircut. <laughs> I, uh, I actually got a haircut today, man. I <laughs> it's nice to have a barber on text message and be like, "Hey, dude, I need cleaned up." Yeah, well, it's early for you to get a haircut, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. I uh, I'm like every two and a half weeker, man. I'm like on, you That's know, that on military a, thing on a schedule. <laughs> That's that military thing. Uh, I just can't. I can't handle, dude. My mustache gets too long, or my hair yeah, starts I'll touching my hair. That. I'll keep it all out of my this area but i'll let it go this way because what the hell is it gonna do it's not going anywhere so it's true um but yeah no nice. it's the grooming habits of the barbecue people it's, <laughs> but in I, this time in this time you know we're not doing that much i mean you guys are working every day i don't i don't have many gigs most all my clients are all corporate people and all these corporate folks are working from home they're not they're not out traveling they're not out yeah, that's that's different. So I mean, we can we can go right into that. I mean, what uh, with that being said, I mean, like you said, I'm 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 catering today, as a matter of fact. So I'm feeding um, the schools. They reached out to me. They uh, parent teacher conference feed the teachers, and you know, barbecue for how long it takes isn't really budget friendly for for a lot of things when they're trying to do it just for. Um, to help them out you know so she reached out to me and asked me to um if i would be interested in feeding them they, they'd pay for it whatever and i think sometimes if i can i just try to do it just for free because i mean the teachers are hopefully what um helps helps our kids every day right i mean they're with our kids more than we're with our kids and so um so i'm feeding one of the schools today and then um we have a uh a Napa auto parts um, and uh, great people, Ted and Carmen Lerona up here. And she reached out to me and did, we've had the most bipolar weather ever. Like it snowed yesterday and then was sunny in the after or the other day was sunny in the afternoon, comes back with snow all day yesterday, supposed to be windy today. And this same thing happened last week. And last week I was supposed to do it. And I'm like, Hey, give me a new day, you know, like give me, give me another day. Cause you gotta be outside. Yeah. And so eventually I just like figured, you know what, what the hell I just need to get it done. Cause she nah, wants to feed people. I mean, I, I live, I, all my cooking is outside. So all my cookers are outside. They're in a, you know, we either roll them outside and work them or, or if we're doing an event, we're cooking outside. So the, the weather has, nothing to do with them eating because they're usually in a tent or they're inside eating and we're bringing it inside so you have to you have to learn to adapt which is kind of like contest cooking it's the same kind of thing you have to understand what goes on outside weather-wise uh, in order to do that and so yeah that when at some point you're trying to figure out <laughs> when the monsoon or when the snow or when the sun or when the wind for you because it's flat there when the wind's going to not get you or when the snow, you know, it's, you, you can't base it off of that. I mean, it's, we love to have perfect weather every time we're going to cook overnight or when we're going to do what we're due, but it, that's a, that's a hard deal anyway. It is. And like, 
I, I actually put stuff on the Traeger last night and just have it outside my garage at work. And so to me, it was, uh, you know, it was pulled pork for the intermediate. The other stuff was done different, but, right. uh, to me, it was, uh, pretty chill to cook on the 885 last night and just put it on super smoke gets, uh, I think I went nine and a half hours with those pork butts or whatever. And, right. you know, they got, they'll have a good ring and they got pretty color this morning and hopefully the flavor will be just fine. And I'm sure they'll enjoy their meal, you know, but when I cook on a Lang, it's a whole different story because exactly what you're talking about is, you know, when you're stick burning, it's just so much more goes into it. You're, you're, you're cooking. You're, you know, yeah, nothing you're, against the, uh, the no, you're working hard. You're working you're, hard. You're, you're, you're cooking. You're actually, smoking and you're making barbecue um it's a it's a different kind of deal and completely if you can do it on your stick burner you it will enable you to put a better product in on your pellet cooker you know you understand what the meat does on your stick burner it makes it easier to cook on your pellet cooker now that being said because we're gonna get into this little uh (laughs) <laughs> cooking thing versus smoking thing and so it, it listen everybody asks me this question all the time and i tell them i'm look look i have a pellet cooker uh oklahoma joe's um is a, a great company they have a great pellet cooker Traeger has great pellet cookers um they're great products they they what they do is they enable people a, a, a way and a means to cook barbecue for an affordable price because there's a level of cooker from 200 and something all the way up to 2000 and something. Yeah. So there's every kind of market, but what it does is it gets somebody on their back porch or their back patio or their tailgate cooking. And what it does is it feeds the rest of the barbecue. It sells tongs, gadgets, everything that goes along with everything we do in our world. Um, but it also teaches them a little something, you know, it teaches them about meat. It teaches them about how the meat does. So, but for guys like you and for me who do this every day, we've learned those lessons as we went, as we come along. So if you can stick burn, you can make a really good product on your pellet cooker. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about obviously loving barbecue in general is the challenge of anything right whether you're camping and you're over open fire right whether you're you know on a weber i mean cooking with charcoal or something on a right uh, some sort of grill like that or whether you're pellet cooking or stick burning the fact that you can put out a good product on any grill i think personally is what kind of makes us a little bit better at what we do right i mean being able to do it in 10 different ways i've been i've been actually meal prepping this week just straight cast iron like it's cold outside no, i want cast iron whole different whole different that's way over in there you're, you're cowboy camp rollins now you know you're in a right it, uh, but there are guys who can just straight up cast iron cook you know yes especially they their cast iron is like you know, it, it, it's, it's it's like an art level, it's like- man. It's an art form. I love to watch stuff he does. He does crazy stuff with his cast iron. He's a great cook. Him and him and uh, 
um, do great things with their cast iron. They're awesome with it. So, yeah, cast iron completely different. So, yeah, it's – and I think that the cast iron goes with the live fire cooking is what the kids call it now. <laughs> we just <laughs> called it cooking. It's called live fire cooking because that's how it hashtags out or whatever it does. But, but it is all firewood, charcoal, um, and like you said, it, if you can adapt to any of those using those heat, you can figure out a lot. And I think it goes back, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was like, that's that kind of boils it down to the primitive side of things. You know, think about that. That's the primitive. It goes back to it because I know you go camping and hunting and you do those kind of things with your kids and, and um, it it kind of goes to that primitive thing. So I'm kind of in that mode where I like that, that wood and that charcoal. And I just prefer to cook everything like that outside or on a grill with charcoal or wood or the smoke, because it just, there's a lot more involved in it preparation wise and um, mentally it puts you in a different place. You know what well, I mean? You damn sure better be prepared if you're going to do charcoal cooking. You got to know how hot you're getting that sucker and your coals and, you know, putting them in the right areas and whatever, depending on how you're doing it, you know, right. whether you're getting that high heat first and then moving it to an offset second, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things to charcoal cooking, in my opinion, that is super fascinating and you can, you can ruin food really, really fast. If you don't, if you don't know what you're doing, fast, it's yeah. over. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I only burnt this side of the cornbread, so I'll just hack that right <laughs> off of there. And, yeah. But listen, hey, man, I've over the years, I've burnt many a things, dropped a lot of stuff through the grates. And and if you haven't done it, you haven't cooked on it. You haven't cooked on wood or, or charcoal or anything. If you have burnt something, then you're lying. I, I don't care who you are, what you say. I've burnt many things and ruined a ton of stuff. I mean, it, it just happens. You're not going to not. They're, they're, you can't you can't tell me you haven't done it if you have, you're just lying if you tell me you haven't done it i've done it i've probably done it in the last six months you know yeah yeah so still you know right. you can walk away yeah you just know when you can walk away from the grill and when you can't so i uh when i was i don't know i was probably five months in cooking on like like really really cooking on my laying and stuff and trying to get brisket still down every time you know because i wasn't using quality meat then um i was just getting it from whatever the store we were in was in and so it definitely every cook was different and i remember i remember going out and uh i don't know if i didn't put enough fluid in it or or what happened but dude i scorched the piss out of that thing and man there went my brand new iphone i mean that brisket alone cost me like thousand dollars like between my phone between my phone breaking and the brisket and losing the you know the cell of the brisket and everything like that i mean i was so damn mad and my kid brought it up the other day about my phone and i remember the the insurance call when they're like i said like it's in a life proof case they're not supposed to break they're like sir this was bent <laughs> you yeah you dropped it in the brisket so yeah yeah it was bent because i chucked it right on the pavement as hard as i freaking could but 
I mean, that comes with the learning process, right? I mean, I tell people all the time, there's, I mean, you can, I can write it all down on a piece of paper. You can take everybody's class. You can go to mine. You can go to Tuffy. You can go to Rod. You can go to Johnny Triggs. You can go to all of them's classes. I don't care how many championships they won. You can sit there and listen to them. You can take their sheets. You can write it down. You can sit home. You can make your own spreadsheet. And you can follow it to a T and go to a contest and cook and probably do okay. But inevitably, something will go wrong. Something is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> the wind is going to blow. It's going to rain. It's going to, the barometer is going to be different. The moisture is going to be outside. And which is going to affect it. This, and people always say, oh, well, you can't, you can't practice in your driveway against the clock. Oh, everybody always says, oh, well, just put a clock in your driveway when you're cooking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. But <laughs> does it feel the same? Right. Because it doesn't really count because you'll say, oh, well, I'll be okay when I get to the contest. But you can't do that. So, But what you learn when you're cooking at the contest under pressure is you'll figure out your meat does crazy things. And, you, and no matter what anybody tells you, they're telling you how to cook a contest. They're not telling you how to cook so you like you said you have to learn these lessons as you go along i didn't do i've been from a little two dollar throwaway grill in a parking lot drinking beers at eight o'clock in the morning and tailgating to where i am now so you have to learn those lessons even if somebody helps you along and you hang out with somebody which is what listen there are no dumb questions you're only dumb. You're only dumb if you don't ask them. Dude, I I uh I struggle being at my shop sometimes right now because the amount of people that come in and yeah, they're curious and stuff, but I don't have time to talk to all of them at the same time. Like when I'm catering and stuff like that. Mm. Like there was there was one day I was I was here trying to cook and get done, and I'll bet you I had like 10 customers like one after another wanting to talk to me about it and stuff and like i just needed to get my food done and out you know like i needed i needed my time but i don't have like a block off to my kitchen and so it was it was rough because they they all had they all had a lot of questions and you don't want to you don't want to steer them away you know you want them to keep coming to you you want them to be able to ask you but there's some times when I just, when I have to cook that I can't like go show my face that I'm here because I like, if I get taken away, then, then my food can, can ruin or overcook. And yes. And it could be, it doesn't just have to be the meat. I mean, it could be my sides. It could be a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of variables. I mean, when we're catering, the good thing about what we, what we do is we cater, we get all our stuff done in our shop and then we take it to them. And so by the time we get to the gig, there's only a couple things that has to happen, really. We have to set right. up. And then if we're slicing brisket or ribs, then that's happening right there. And I can run my mouth all day long and cut brisket and cut ribs. Right. So typically, they want to see that. And it's a good way for me to talk to people and interact. And, and if one person asks a question while we're standing there cutting ribs or brisket, everybody can hear it. Yeah. So if somebody that may be afraid to ask or not want to ask, they can hear that question or at least get it. And then then they'll maybe, oh, well, that's kind of what I wanted to know, but maybe there's something they wanted to hear. So then they'll ask. So 
I try to get most of that done and I try to have enough people with me when we, cause when we go do these events, there's, there's a, usually a hundred people there. Yeah. And they all know me cause you know, but it's always a lot of the same core of people that have me there. And then that, it's a group of people that's either part of their deal or part of the sponsorship group. So you want to make sure that you're giving everybody their time. And with you, you're running your business you're doing twofold things there. So it's hard to do. I, I understand that a hundred percent because, you know, when you're cooking a contest, everybody wants to come and talk to you during turning time. That's what I was going to ask. Is, you is can't that do a... it, man. You can't do it. That's why you see these guys now with their trailers, they go in their trailer and close the door. Yeah. People so nobody know, comes by. Well, they know when they come to a contest, you're just not going to talk to anybody between 12 and one thirty. They're just not going to do it. Um, the last couple of years when I traveled without a trailer and I was in a tent, usually there'd be somebody there to kind of keep people off of me while I was cutting and doing stuff. And I'd put a tent wall up in front of where I was working so they couldn't stand directly in front of me. Yeah. I don't mind them standing off to the side because normally once I start working on that box, I, I don't hear anything except the person standing right with me. Cause you, you just got to focus on what you're doing. Um, but but yeah, I, you're in a no win there. You, but I think most people realize you're busy. You're super busy, and that if they want to find a time when you can have a class or do something, then you set. Then that's what you can do. You can hey, let's set up a class. Let's set up a. We're gonna have a cooking class or a demo, and you can pay a couple hundred bucks, and then you can have my time. And I know it sounds like a lot. You can donate some of it to charity. Do it. We do it a lot. We've done it a few times. We've donated money to charity. We set up a class. And then you get that time dedicated to just that. Now the people get to eat great. You have, you know, refreshments and those kind of things. And it's a lot of fun. But it's hard to do when you're working. Yeah. Um, and I, and I want to help them. I want to help them, right? I want them to buy meat for me. I want them to buy grills for me. I mean, I want them to keep cooking. I think one of the best things that is going for snowflake smokehouse, in my opinion, is that we help people make their food. Like I will randomly make carne asada or something and have somebody ask me like, Hey man, I saw you did it like this, whatever. And you know what, if you don't tell them or help them, they might never try it, but say you do help them. And guess what? They come back and keep buying it you're just keep moving products. You just get, are able to keep moving your products. And in my opinion, that is one of the best things that we have going for us is we can not only you're, help you're, you pick out the dipping. right meat. You're double dipping there. That's an easy, that's an easy sell for you. you. It is the best thing. It is the best thing. And then, and then on top of that, they know that I'm cooking the same meat, right? I am cooking the meat we sell Absolutely. and have results and, um, I, to me personally, that's, that's been our favorite thing. A lot of times we'll get people come in and they want to cut. Maybe we don't have, and we can steer them into, Hey, this will work for that same thing, right? This, this can work just the same. If you and choose to try it, it. it's here, it's here yeah. every day. Yeah. It's easier to get, or it's a more common cut, whatever, things like that, you know? Right. And, and that, that has been one of a big, strong point that we've had. And um, I don't know. I think that that is, like we used to just, it's funny because we started with cer a certain way we did things and we've adapted so much in the last, 
uh, two years that um, like, I don't know what it was, but like, I just randomly did teriyaki thighs and, and just did like a, you know, a rice and teriyaki chicken bowl with some grilled pineapple, dude, that teriyaki chicken sells all the time now. All so the time. Do you, do you you make the do you cook the chicken or is it just marinated? No, I have it marinated for them. But so I've all you I've just throw it on the grill. Mm-hmm. But I've but I've grilled it and showed them what to you know reason why you use thighs whatever versus breasts and right. you know things like that and it's it's just gone well and it's surprising because it's just another way to move chicken thighs and in our part of the country chicken breasts are a lot more common used than thighs. I like thighs better, you know, personally. And oh, well, yeah, there's no, I mean, that's. <laughs> but, but you got to get people to understand it. And it is personally been a good thing for us because people have liked chicken thighs now and we sell more thighs now. Yeah. I do a ton of boneless skinless thighs. Yeah. That's um, what we use. Yeah, and I grill them. I marinate them and grill them, and then chop them, and then we use like a Thai chili sauce. We make a Thai chili sauce, which is not barbecue, right? But it is probably one and two of our two favorite things. Everybody, oh, you got to bring that chicken, you know? And they, for they sure. Oh, how'd you get that breast meat so moist? I'm like, well, I cut it off the thigh first off, and they look <laughs> at you like, what the hell? What did he just say? They it it completely blows them right out. They don't they don't know what I just said, but they they know it ain't right. They just can't figure out where it came from. Some of them get a little that guy just smarted off to me, but the ones that know me understand that that's that's just me. So, um, but they, you know, I've got a friend and um, his wife is a health. She owns a health club and she was eating that stuff. She loved it to death and she's drinking wine and eating it and. She realized it was thigh meat and she just stopped eating. Oh man. <laughs> and she looked at me like I had just fed her dog food. And I don't think she likes me over that <laughs> anymore. She knows it was good because she had a mouthful of it. She was eating it like it was like it was jello pudding, man. She was throwing that stuff down and then she figured out it was thigh meat and she didn't want it no more. Which either made her mad that it was thigh meat and she liked it or she just didn't, you know. But it, look, by the time you grill it off that way and you've chopped it up, oh, there's not a whole lot of fat on there. Is it no. less lean than breast? Well, for sure it is. But, but how, how freaking juicy is that stuff? How, you're would you rather it up, eat yeah. a piece of cardboard or would you rather have something <laughs> tender and juicy? I, I, I don't do the math on that. And it's not like you're eating it every single day. You're eating no. a piece of chicken once or twice a week. Yeah. So we. I, t- I take this stuff to my doctor, the cardiologist. He's like, you're not eating this every day, are you? I said, hell no, I ain't eating this every day. I don't hardly eat it at all. I mean, I grill a whole chicken thigh, you know, with a bone in. If I grill it, I don't eat most of that stuff. So it, <laughs> it baffles me sometimes. How Chicken's funny, man. They don't understand what they're eating sometimes, which is comes to the other part I was in. You know, when you talk about the consistency and the quality of the meats usually those are the main questions when i start talking to people when i'm say hey your main thing is your meat selection yes it's the best piece of meat for the the amount of money you're willing to pay for it 
and you're 50% ahead of everybody else when you start cooking. Dude, hands hands down. There's no – I mean, listen, I love certified Angus beef, but and when I – and we're going to give them a lot of love here because they actually connected us, and me and a lot of other people too. They do their homework on every single thing they do. But I think what they don't really have to do too much of, I think the farmers and the ranchers take care of that, is the consistency of that product. I mean, it's like you said, you can, I, I, I don't even hesitate. I don't call my meat purveyor and ask him how much, now during the pandemic, I did call him and ask him how much briskets were because at some <laughs> point they went to about 12 something pounds. <laughs> and I called my guy that said, we ain't doing brisket this week, boys. Um, I just, I just say, hey, I need a case of CAB briskets. Are the primes within reason? And he'll say, yeah, I got primes and they're 30 cent more or whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, give me a case of those. Give me those. Give me, give me those, those all day. So I, I never even everybody says, oh my God, I can't believe they're well, when you buy them, we're gonna come back up there on that 30 cent deal. If we're talking about me buying them and you buying them versus the public buying them from a retail. Right. Two different things. But what I always tell them is is buy the best thing you can buy. Just look at it. The best, the best piece of meat you can afford is kind of is kind of how I feel. Um, it's funny you brought up briskets during that because a year ago I saw that they had about eighty cases of briskets that were prime, prime grade frozen, and I bought every damn one of them. Oh yeah, I think my freezer I think we were was. Texting. I think you told me that. And I was like, stopped. oh hell yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, I may need you to ship me some of that if it gets crazy out here. But I know it's funny because me, you. Uh, David Dean and and Porter Kenny were all uh, trying to everybody find out what what was going on in every region. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think all of us was trying to find out where we were headed or what was going on or how hard was it, whatever. But I mean, one of the things I had going for me was I didn't have a ton of stuff in my freezer in general because I don't I don't do a lot of frozen stuff. And when that happened, dude, I stocked up with. I want to tell you that load alone was over 20 grand and it was X amount cases of brisket. And I want to tell you it was something like 40 something cases of tube meat, which I don't buy often either, but I wanted people to be able to buy in bulk and put in their freezer. And so I sold them and it just, here's a tube for X amount of dollars. And, um, and it was the only way we could keep up honestly. Cause we, I mean, we, we were pushing out, I don't know, 200, 300 cases a day that, I, at, at, I, that at a time. Funny you, you said the tube meat because the week before the craziness hit, or a couple weeks before, I had Buckhead Beef sent me a, a freezer list. And usually what I do is I looked at the, there's three columns and I look at the price and then I'll look back to see what it is. Because a lot of times when you see anything under a dollar, it's a bone right. or something like that <laughs> for making stock. Right. When I see like 92 cents a pound or 90 something cents a pound, I look and it says 80, 20 CAB. Buy it up. I'm like, oh yeah, give me, give me two of them. <laughs> and um, they're like six, uh, 10 pound logs or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah, that's what it is. And they're frozen. Yeah. And I said, yeah, give me two of them. And he goes, you want two of them? And I, I came home, my wife goes, what in the hell are we going to do with that? I said, they was a dollar a pound, honey. I mean, <laughs> How do you know? We can do, I can make lasagna. I can make burgers. I, I can make whatever. I mean, they ain't going to go bad for at least a year. So 
we'll find something to do with them. I don't doubt that. And she said, okay. And um, within a month, ground beef was like $6 a pound. Yes. And she goes, she goes, I said, you love me now, don't you? Dude, (laughs) do you? Do you know that I got a bad review on Yelp during the time that ground beef was up high because some jackass drove from some other town and told and left a review saying that I was uh, basically trying to gouge people worse than toilet paper and he hopes my business goes out of business for trying to do that that. to people i I remember you wrote that and i replied back to him and i'm like you clearly have no idea what's going on in the world and i freaking sent it to yelp and then they replied to me saying they didn't see nothing wrong with it and i replied back to them and said this is why you guys suck and i don't want anything to do with you and every time you call me to try to sign up with your shit i don't do it and I said, you guys want this stuff. You love this stuff. You love these people tearing this up businesses. This is all they want. They want to. Um, they want I, the negative. I don't, I don't they want know. it. They, they, I've never got an email or anything, which I don't give a shit whether they send me one or not. Cause I don't, I don't function. My business doesn't function that way. Um, but they, they, they will harass and garner anything they can get from you to get money from you and if you don't they'll have somebody send some kind of shitty review that's how they do business and to be honest with you you're going to have somebody troll you no matter what you do and i don't care who you are or what you are um if i'm right because you cannot make everybody happy I, i know this already you serve people food or you're in the service industry Of any kind, of any kind. 800,000 people, you ain't going to make everybody happy. And I always say this, I want everybody to be happy, but the main people I want to be happy is the people that are paying. People that pay you. and People that pay you all day long. If somebody is not happy, they'll come to me and tell me why they're not happy, and I will make it right. I think the the thing that we've we've had brought up to us more than than once is um, they'll come to us with – whatever a problem or we'll be in another grocery store they're buying meat somewhere and they like hey man we're sorry we're like dude do your thing like i i don't i'm not gonna hold it against you like buy wherever you want just don't come to me for a deal just don't come to me for a deal tomorrow right and i mean like support me all the time man i promise you i will take care of you all the time like at random i will make your order free i mean i do i've done a lot of stuff to to try to take care of the people that i think take care of us the best and um but it's it's just uh you can't make everybody happy you're not you're never going to and it's it's a tough deal always gonna shop i mean my wife is a coupon oh is she she loves i mean but that's how she's always been i think it's the way she was raised you know, it was a, a single mom with her and her sister. They lived, you know, on a budget with a, that kind of deal. And they just, fruit. they were just very frugal. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm frugal too. I, I will not buy the first thing I find. I mean, now when it comes to a tool or it comes to some kind of piece of equipment, I'll make sure I get the best piece I can get. But, and, and when it comes to those quality products, when you're feeding the people we're feeding, you want to make sure that. Have the, if I start off, like I say, I, and I preach this, if you start off with the best products you can get, you're already 50% better than your competitors. For sure. We, we, we it, fed it's not a, even hard to, 
I do the tacos, the street tacos, man. Skirt steak, CAB. You, I don't care. I tell people all the time, I said, man, I can go get some paste picante sauce and put on that and it will taste better <laughs> than tacos somewhere else just because of the skirt steak. Now, now, we will go ahead and figure the tomatillo sauce, the pickled red onions, the pickled jalapenos, the cilantro, the limes, all that happens too. But it still starts with that skirt steak. Yeah, I, I see that you're a fan of that with tacos. I, I like using chuck flap and slicing it thin personally, but that's just me. But I use the sirloin flap sometimes. Okay. Um, because I love sirloin because it has a beefy flavor and it's not it's a little less fat. It's more lean. I like it because I love that flavor. Yeah, yeah. Sirloin has great flavor. Right. I I, I like sirloin uh tip with my fajitas and stuff like that. So um different I think that's, I think it goes back to the same thing, but all of it starts with CAB in my opinion. Like, like that is my most used meat that I use. Traditionally out in your neck of the woods, skirt steak, they would never use skirt steak for the tacos because they'd be like, that's way too expensive to use for that. Dude, it's, it's high out here. I want to tell you for me to buy it, it's, it's six, seven, eight pounds, six, seven, eight bucks a pound out here. It's, it's, I probably pay more than that here because I don't buy like you buy but, oh. but I just, I'm just telling you, man, when you're, it just grill, I don't, I don't marinate it. I usually cut it out of the bags, trim it up, clean it, make sure there's no, who's in there? Who's cut? My meat cutter. He just, uh, he just, he shows up at five. So yeah, he, uh, walked in, he tries to scare me. We try to scare each other. Sometimes he'll be in the grinder, man. I'll walk in and whisper in his ear, <laughs> scares the piss out of him. And sometimes I'm back here cooking and he'll show up all quiet and come back here and scare the piss out of me. There it is, sucker. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it just good man. How are you, bud? Yeah, yeah he's he's a great dude, man. Yeah. My my business doesn't go without this guy. That's he's, that's the number one person in there, man. That's your that's your profit margin right there. But dude, yeah, he, he's my dog for sure. I love I love the skirt steak. Um and when I come out there, we're gonna have skirt steak tacos. We're me and you're gonna make all the stuff. <laughs> It's perfect. Right there in your kitchen, and, and we're going to have them, and you're going to say, you know what? I think you're right, Big Jim. I, <laughs> I think I, you're right, Big Jim. You're going to look at me, and everybody around us is going to go, I think he's right. I think we're not going to use that chuck flap anymore. <laughs> I know? brought it I brought it in a few times. People were happy with it. Like I said, I mean, to me, the thing that they balked over was the price more, and I don't know, whatever. But you know what? I just always say, you're going to have three and, and they're going to be, you know, four inch, five inch corn tortilla, white corn tortillas. Yeah. You're going to grill them. You're going to do everything. Every little, I always say this, man, it's the biggest thing I always try to preach when I do. I'm like, you know what? I'm not the greatest cook, but I don't let any little bitty detail get left. So I mean, I you have that tor- yeah, from yeah. grilling the tortillas, man. Perfect. All the way to squeezing a little lime right when I cut that meat. Yep. That's key on that's key on the street tacos in my opinion. Every is the little lime. bitty thing. And if what, you don't do that, it won't matter. What cheese do you use? Do you use cheese or not? No cheese on no those, cheese? man. None. No. A real street taco, if you I mean, I don't know. Every real street taco that I've gotten where we're just out doing whatever, you can get the cojita if you want it. But that- most of the ones that are just straight up, like we have these little uh, Mexican grocery stores, 
you can walk in the back of the damn place and they got the stuff sitting right there on the counter and ain't a drop of cheese nowhere. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. Cause I just, it brought me back to when I was young, we went to uh, Tijuana every year, every year we'd walk up to the stand man. And that dude was grilling. He was pulling the carne right off the grill, chopping it up. Tortillas were on the grill. Just like you talked about lime was there. And the only thing he had there was onions, guacamole, and hot sauce and it was lim- it was a little bit of hot sauce they didn't need much but it was very little and we have, i have a family i come from seven boys man so we we go huh eaters pounding eaters. that food man. Dude, we put down over 90 tacos that day like yeah double tortillas like dude we threw down we just be like one more one more one more and and at the end of the day my dad paid for it you know what i mean like but that was that was that was what I when I think of tacos, man, street tacos. That's what I think. Um, and and you're right, no cheese, no cheese, minimal toppings. Let the meat speak for itself. Let the grill do the work, and and, and every detail was there. The like corn tortillas, like all fix, of it. I'll fix mine. I'll usually cut it, hit it with lime, throw some cilantro on there, and then a the little tomatillo salsa, and I'm gone. And done, huh? And, and that's it. And I mean, I will throw some pickled onions on there or some pickled jalapenos, but usually just that. I mean, I'm like minimalistic, just kind of let her rip, tater chip. And I'm two, two tortillas because I don't want nothing coming out the bottom. Got to have two tortillas, uh, I don't, man. You know, and, and I grill the white ones because it gets that, it gets all the good. I mean, those things are cooked and most people will do them, but if you grill them, it gets all that gluten and everything working in there. And it just tastes better. You can taste that roasted corn in, and for sure, it, it, man. Well, I you ain't know. getting me eating no onion, just so you know. I ain't eating yeah. no onion. Well, you ain't got to put the onion on there, man. But <laughs> um, I just love the tomatillo, you know. So now I started making it like a birthday style. So I don't roast all the vegetables. I usually what I'll do is I'll roast the tomatillos because you got to get them. They're a little goofy and sticky. Right. And, um, I learned some stuff about them where they're they're full of pectin, um, so they're almost like a fruit. And um, when you let them sit overnight, they can they can jellify, you know, like jelly. So you have to add the water and remix them. So because um, I kept thinking, why in the hell some days these things, this this salsa just gets goofy, <laughs> and some days it's perfect. And I and I realized sometimes I add a little more water than I do the other times. And it'll stay loose, and other times the pectin just takes over. I mean, literally, it's like jelly. You can scoop it out. And um, so I didn't realize it, but when I was reading, I, they're full of pectin. I didn't know that. I mean, but as goofball guys that cook stuff, you have to understand why things do things. And I just came across something when I was reading, and there it was. So, But, yeah, the tomatillo is a perfect deal. So I don't roast all the vegetables anymore or grill them. Um, I just grilled the tomatillos just to soften them up and blend them. And I put everything else in there cold or raw. And it more or less is like a verde. Yeah. I just love the crispness of the raw stuff. I, I hear you. It, 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 to me, it just, it just screams, you know, it just screams. It loves that. It loves that skirt steak, man. Put that it skirt steak it. on one of those new cutting boards and go to chopping. Oh, man. So I, I, took, I took all of my cutting boards to Royal Oak yesterday because they wanted 20 of them. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. But they didn't want the green one. 
Did I send you the pictures? Dude. The green one? Yeah. They didn't want the green one. What they the wanted hell? only the red one. The red ones with the red or dark red or kind of sharp yeah. red. They only wanted the red ones. And so they took all those. And I said, well, you, you don't like the green one? They're like, no, I don't want the green I'm like, <laughs> so I just poured some two days ago, three days ago, with blue, cobalt blue, and then green apple. I, I think I sent you that video. If I didn't, I'll send it to you today. And um, it was uh, their pecan boards. And they are just absolutely beautiful. Dude, they are for sure. They are they are some good out. looking cutting boards. And then um so they didn't want anything that's not red, which I'm like, well damn, man. But these yeah, cutting boards are an inch and a half thick, hickory. And he picked them up, he goes, Oh my god, these things weigh a ton. I said, Well, they're cutting boards, man. They're not you can use a cleaver on these boards, you know, they're big. Yeah. What about the resin? I said, you cut on the resin, you just can't put really hot stuff on the resin. Do not put these in the dishwasher, or when you get done with the dishwasher, there will be two pieces in your dishwasher. There'll be a piece of resin and a piece of wood. They just don't. That green apple right there. With yeah. The in it, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. My wife was like, oh, she wanted the blue and the green. So I don't know if she's going to let me get rid of those. She's going to probably want to keep one of those. Dude, that's sharp. I uh, Mine's made out of mesquite, man. And the first time I used it, like really used it with a cleaver, was doing um, street tacos at an event. They they paid me, a dealership paid me to feed every customer that came in that day. Right. And uh, I had it on the back of my grill. I was cooking over mesquite. I was throwing um, street tacos down, grilling my tortillas on the grill, and uh, chopping up on that freaking cutting board, dude. And it put a dent in that sucker. I was using a Wustoff uh, cleaver. Yeah. And dude, it uh, it put a a good chunk into that sucker. And but you can fix it. I had to sand it. Yeah, I, had to, I just had to sand it down. I sanded it down and resealed it. I mean, that was it. But yeah. it's still All beautiful, I'm doing man. Seal them with uh, with uh, mineral oil and some beeswax. And, yep. And and that's it. And then like I, I just did a lot of work on the route and the sanding and the um. I, I, I built them like if I wanted a cutting board, you know? Yeah. And they're just, they're beasts, man. They're beasts. If you, you club somebody one of them things, it's going to knock them slap out. It's true, man. I freaking, I love them, dude. I love seeing the pictures. I love a good cutting board. Um, I, As a matter of fact, dude, that's what I bought my, my workers for Christmas was CAB's cutting boards, dude, that, that dark, uh, yeah, sort of I love those speech. things too. Well, they I, did a great job on those too. I yeah, sent, uh, I sent uh, Shaft um, a picture. Nice. You're gonna have to send me a branding iron again. I don't know what happened to the one he gave me in the bag. I can't find it nowhere. Um, but I ordered a branding iron for mine, which is gonna say Big Meat Monday. It's two tomahawks crossed, dude. And then we just I made a I, I bought two tomahawks this week from the or last week from Buckhead, and I I laid one on the the butcher paper and traced it. And then I laid it on, laid the tracing on the cardboard and I made an outline. I'm going to make a tomahawk. Uh Oh, no, you're good. Yours, yours disappeared for a second. Okay. Uh, but I made a tomahawk. I'm going to make a tomahawk cutting board. So it'll be the same exact shape and size, but large enough for you to lay the tomahawk on it and cut it. Nice. So it'll have a big round circle on the end to hang up or do whatever, but it'll look really nice um, on your countertop 
for when you bring your tomahawk because most people are only going to cook one. So <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, most people, we're not most people. We don't fall into that same category player. <laughs> I know. I just saw, I just saw Danielle just cook the seven bone tomahawk roast. Just yeah, barely. And, um, uh, they want me to cook one of those too. And uh, I'm like, well, sure we can do that, but we need to do that when we're somewhere out where we can feed people with it. Cause good God, that's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. So my yeah, friend, sure. well, I guess my friend, uh, Bo nickel, he's, he's a wrestler out of, uh, Pennsylvania wrestled for Penn state. He's heading to the Olympic trials next weekend, which I'm stoked to go to, um, his, his picture out of all the pictures he he's ever done winning, um, world championship and everything like that. His pictures of the seven bone tomahawk that I, I cooked for him when he was out here. And, uh, it, it was a cool cook. It was fun. It was, it was, you know, it's, it's really, it, it was obviously it's for show, but right. man, how cool, how cool did it look? And, I had some troll the other day on the internet tell me that I was trying to capitalize off the wrestlers. And I'm like, dude, you don't even have a clue what can, what, what we do with them. Like, you know, I fed ASU before they went to wrestle for nationals last week and some jackass troll on my page says something to me like that. And it's just like, you don't know the connection we have with them and your wrestlers are wrestlers have a freaking great bond, man. I think when you, it's like bar they're like barbecue in my opinion wrestling is similar to barbecue because barbecue you help everybody and wrestling you help everybody and you're it's they're, they're really i think close yeah, I, to the I, same I, I, don't, I don't know don't put too much effort into those messing with those trolls or even responding to them because that's what they do they look for that they look for that interaction they want you to respond to them because that's how they were trying to figure it all out to begin with so i just told him he was an idiot and then he told me you know, I didn't know effing shit about blood, sweat, and tears. I just left it. I just left it at that. Let him get the last word in. So but, he, probably I mean, was a, he probably was the third string wrestler that <laughs> couldn't make it on the team or make weight or do whatever. And right. How that works. So. But it, just a cool picture. I mean, and, and, and honestly, me and wrestling has brought me to where I am today. Like, I mean, and, I, I've got it's the same thing. I mean, I don't post pictures or do certain things or even comment about things that I do just because I don't really need anybody to know the things that we do and help people with. It's not, it's not for the recognition. You know what I mean? I even have people post the stuff because they know I won't post it. Right. And, and it's, it's just because we're trying to help people because I've been in the same situation where you're trying to help people and you just get blasted and, Right. And you know that the second you start trying to justify or respond, you're just it's just deeper into that. It's just getting worse. It, it ain't worth it, man. It's, it's when true. you know people and you know what they do, there's no you know, you don't you don't have to go there. Man, it's well, not it's not worth the trouble. You know, I mean, I can see, I can tell just by the pictures you post and the the way you talk about them and the way you there's no yeah, whatever. He can go. He can go eat a bag or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, brother, I I I loved our talk today, man. I'm sure glad that we got a we got a chance to to do this. Um, I gotta jump off and get my kid to school, but um, I appreciate your time, Big Jim. And yes, sir. You know, I uh, I've enjoyed one getting to know you. I've enjoyed to get to learn from you and uh, these cutting boards that you've been showing, man. I'm pretty. Uh, pretty stoked for it for you because they uh they look sharp and and uh obviously when we do is 
we use cutting boards and stuff. So I think it's going to be great for you. And, and, uh, I really hope I get one sometime. We're going we're to package some of them, send them to you so you can offer some to your customers and clients. And then uh, what we need to do is I'm going to be kind of traveling here shortly. I think figuring out a schedule, what we need to do is set up a class at your place. Perfect. Where we have some people come by and not a whole lot, but maybe 10 or 15 or something. And, um, we'll get some expenses covered and then the rest of it we'll donate to whatever the wrestling team or whoever to help, you know, help some folks along. And then, um, we'll uh, feed a bunch of people there when we're doing that, but we'll also add them some uh, information so they can, um, so they can learn some stuff. So I can bring some, uh, Southerness over to the desert, if you will. That's right, dude. You know, the other day someone asked me if I've ever had collard greens before and I told them no. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, dude, you ain't no cook. I'm like, yeah, okay. No, well, you probably cook mustard greens or turnip greens there. <laughs> it's just, but, it's just funny how we all have our own little, you know, it's dish a we grew well, up with. Well, you cook you know? cactus there, right? I don't. Uh, no. People do. They they make uh, jam out of uh, out of some yeah. cactus stuff, but I don't. I don't, I don't know about no cactus, man. I don't, why would you want that? I wouldn't want that. I heard prick, is a prickly pear, prickly pear cactus that they do it out of. I think prickly do pear what? jam, prickly pear jam. I think prickly is what they pear do. Cactus jam. They make a little prickly pear thing out of something here that's like that, but it's not cactus. It's something else, but it's similar to it. Well, I think it'll be cool to bring your culture over, and I'm I'm down with the street taco, dude, and I'll even bring skirt steak for it. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll make some other stuff too, so it works out. There. You can't just have one thing, man. I'm. I'm stoked for that, dude, and I'm down whenever you decide to make your way this way. And for sure, I have plans to come back there too. So I think I'm just gonna start hitting the road a little myself, so I can learn different cultures and learn from different people. And you know, we need to just, get, we need to get uh, Michael get this. We get a little CAB traveling team is what we need to do. Yeah, let's get them on the let's get them on on the phone, and we'll work something out. Yeah, we'll get them on a little Zoom call and get this going. <laughs> yeah, and hey, nobody wants to sit at their office anymore nobody wants to sit off <laughs> well dude i appreciate you man i appreciate your time and yeah, this is episode six and i'm i'm glad we jumped on together thanks man i appreciate it big jim have a great day you too we'll see you bud see ya.